Welcome to Beyond the Bombshell, the podcast that dives deep into the heart and soul of real life. I'm your host, Michelle Stokes, and I'm here to guide you through this empowering journey. We'll talk about real life and what it truly takes to be a strong, confident, and fulfilled woman. Join us as we rewrite the rules and celebrate the extraordinary and fierce women we all are. We'll share insights, build a space for uncomfortable conversations, and truly just embrace real life. Let's go beyond the surface and find your real life bombshell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bombshell. Today's episode may get a little deep. I don't know. We'll see how comfortable and how how focused I am and how hopefully I won't go all over the place. I'm hoping you won't get the one-minute reflection of this, but more of a deep-dive reflection and not just the play-by-play of what happened, but hopefully emotion as well and how I felt. We, have, we haven't talked about it, but when I am asked to talk about it or it gets brought up, it's, it's usually like a quick 30-second vomit, <laughs> verbal like diarrhea of me just quickly talking about it and not actually listening even to the words that I'm saying and I think it's time maybe just to share I can't say our story because Josh may remember things differently than me or tell it in a different way and I think it's just time to probably tell my story and it's been six years and if you have no idea what I'm talking about it has been six years since we survived probably one of the biggest tragedies in the whole world honestly a lot of you are like oh my god she might be talking about this finally I've always wanted to ask her I know like my co-workers at the time asked me and it was 30 seconds of me giving my play-by-play and just talking about it as quickly as I can so I wouldn't show any emotion so we'll we'll see And the reason I think I want to talk about this is because it's been six years and we haven't gone to festivals. I can't say festival. Like, we have gone to festivals. We have gone to, like, folk festivals out to our hometown. It's a little bit different. But we haven't gone. I haven't gone to any big concerts since the Vegas tragedy. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't gone to any concerts at all. And especially not any outdoor concerts so this year will be the sixth anniversary of the Route 91 Harvest Festival in Las Vegas and many of you may know that me myself and my husband Josh were at the concert with a couple other friends of friends honestly that we didn't know but met up with that night so there were some other newfies there and this year will be the sixth year and I have, like I said, I haven't been to concerts, never to an outdoor concert until this summer was my very first time going back to an outdoor concert. And just to kind of go back just a little bit in case you don't remember, but it was October 1st, uh, 2017, I think. We go, we go back five or six years. And it was the most epic 
concert ever. Like it must be for like Luke Luke Combs right now. Coombs Combs, however you say his name, is like obviously a superstar. But back in 2017 in Vegas in October, he was on a small stage. He was on like the you know the the pre-performance stage. He wasn't on the big stage. He was just getting known. And I remember that Monday going to the concert early actually to watch him in like the stagecoach or in like the small performing stage before all the big acts because we knew a couple of his songs and it was the only day during the three-day concert that we actually went early but anyway so 2017 October 1st I think maybe still one of the biggest mass shootings in all the U.S. I don't know maybe all the world I I didn't do research I, I don't know but there were 59 people killed and I think over 500 injured and myself and my husband and some friends of friends happened to be in the middle of the crowd yeah and there's a couple uh, maybe this is gonna open up box to a couple other episodes but there's been a couple times in my personal life where things have happened and I have come out on top and will consider myself and others will consider myself a survivor. This one experience in particular is I, myself and my husband, are a Route 91 survivor. So we went to Vegas. It was our very first time in Vegas. We, we Scarlett wasn't born at this point. We just had one. We had been so, like normal, my mom came to town to watch Ben while we were gone. And I think we went for five, I think we were going for seven days. We cut everything short after everything happened, but we were gone for seven days, or planned to be gone for seven days, and the concert was three days. And I should have went back and remember, try to remember who actually performed. I know who performed that night. But Mayor Morris was a performer there. Well, Jason Aldean was obviously, if you don't know, he was performing when the shooting happened. I remember Luke Combs, Combs, I never can say his name last, on the stagecoach. But it was three days. I'm not sure. We've seen a lot of country concerts, and it's a blur to me now. But I'm not sure if it was Keith Urban or, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should go back and look at that. But it doesn't matter. So it was our first time in Vegas, so <laughs> we did all the things. All the sightseeing, the shopping, just on the strip. We didn't really gamble. Like, that's something they and Josh, like, we did. I think we did put 20 bucks in one of the machines just to say we did. But we're not big gamblers. We weren't poker players then. Maybe we would play a hand of poker now if we went back, you know, for our, our date nights. We'd play a little bit of poker. But I just remember all the sights and sounds and honestly just going, we went to the shows, we went to a Cirque du Soleil show, the, the club in the MGM, Tiesto was playing, I shit you not, <laughs> the first day we arrived, we weren't, we didn't even know, we didn't even know that the MGM had a bar, we, we assumed, a club, it's not even a bar, it's a full-on club, and friends of ours happened to be in Vegas at the same time we didn't know we just happened to see it on Facebook and they told us that they were going to see Tiesto and we were like drained and I mean drained from a flight down there so we had a nap 
and woke up and went to Tiesto and it was like epic. It was like up there with my like bachelorette party in Mexico at Cocobango, whatever they like inject in the air to get you like on this high. I didn't smoke anything. I didn't take anything. But just the music and just the atmosphere and like the $25 drinks probably really added to it. But that was our first night. It Like we started off our Vegas trip with a bang and clearly we ended it with a bang as well. But it was a really fun trip and I have a really bad memory of other things we did, but we did shows. We didn't go see any other concerts besides what was at the country, like what was at the actual festival. And it's funny, the first two days, we only wanted to see, like, the headliners. We only wanted to see the big performers at night. We didn't go there during the day. Like, there was a lot of, a lot of you know, there's thousands and thousands of people. But during the daytime, we went and explored. We checked out all the hotels because all the hotels have their, like, own, you know, full experience. So we did all those things. But the final day, we went early. Like, we went to, we met up with friends of friends. And we went early, which was really fun. It was fun. So, like, by the time the concert actually, you know, got going we were we were well in we weren't up close to the stage and i'm gonna like i don't know how i'm gonna even talk about it now it was jason aldean he was probably like four maybe five songs in we were with a couple of friends that we have met and i was i was texting another um another girl from here that i knew friends of friends again and through social media and we were trying to connect but she was further across the field we just didn't get together but he was probably, you know, four to five songs in and like we were all in our little Daisy Dude shorts. We had our cowboy boots, cowboy hats. It was packed. And I mean packed. And if you haven't been to Vegas, you know, you're on the ground and there's just like buildings towering over you, towering, towering, towering over you. And that's kind of one thing that I still get a little uneasy about when I go to visit any cities or when I not so much when I'm walking downtown here anymore but when I go to big cities and I'm just below everything like you know our our trip to Austin we were on a rooftop pool bar and there's just buildings towering above us I just felt like I couldn't tell he was watching us <laughs> that's one thing that kind of just makes me a little bit uneasy I don't I don't have like anxiety or any breakdowns or anything from it but I'm just super conscious or like aware of like who or what could be just above us watching us so if you don't know what happened i think there's definitely videos on youtube and you google it and stuff it's been six years now i've never ever watched any of them josh has but i guess people had their phones up recording jason as he was singing and captured like things as it was happening probably in not i'm assuming it's not good production if it was on their phone but but that's one thing. Now, when I'm in big cities, when I have these, when these big buildings are towering over you, I just feel very, like, super observant. So the festival in Vegas, we, it was an outdoor festival. So we were in this big, huge field, parking lot type situation, hundreds of thousands of people. And all the hotels, of course, were just towering above us. You, you, didn't, you didn't notice. You didn't care. It was just, you know, you're in Vegas, sights and sounds. And Jason was about four or five songs in we were like not right at the front we were kind of like a little ways back but like not in the middle of the field so we're like kind of close but not super up to the front and my memory of it was it sounded like there was fireworks 
And for a long time, the sound of fireworks really, really stressed me out, really scared me, honestly. Now, the sound of fireworks isn't as bad if I can see the fireworks. If I'm, you know, if if a neighbor or someone in our neighborhood shoots off fireworks and I can't see them, just the sound just... You know, it was like that shotgun sound. It just, after like continuous, you know, fast shooting off, it it gives me a bit of uneasiness. Now, if I see the fireworks, it's, it's okay. And I remember like this happened in October and that very first New Year's, I, we went to get Chinese food with my, our friends, Jan and Rob before our party or during our party. And I remember driving with her when we stopped at park to get Chinese food. I heard fireworks. I think it was the first time I actually heard fireworks and even connected it. There were, it, it was hard. It was very hard. I Our New Year's was ruined. I was just, I, plus I was pregnant. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But, so we're in the middle of the concert field, myself and Josh, and there was three other people that we kind of met up with and got to know while we were there. And I heard this pop and a second pop and it sounded like fireworks. And I remember that maybe this is, I just, Josh doesn't remember, remember this part. And I keep telling him, I don't know if I just fabricated it or maybe it was just a light. But I remember like, you know, we were facing the stage and to the right is where Madeleine Bay was. And this is where the shooter was up high in one of the rooms. But I remember seeing this red light, a red light just shining like high up in this building. And I've always focused now and, and have told myself that like that's where he was. And I don't know, it could have just been like an exit sign or just a random red light that was like reflecting off the building. I don't know. But in my head, that that is where he was. Like I heard that first pop, that second pop. I kind of looked up. It seems very specific, but this is what really stands out in my head. And after that, after this part, everything gets blurry. But I remember seeing this red light and I was just like, what the f-? So after that one or two cracks or pops, because I think everyone thought it was fireworks. And then the crowd just went mad. And I, I don't know what what happened. I guess obviously someone must have got shot maybe a little bit closer up to the stage. And the crowd just went crazy. And I mean crazy. No one told us to run. But we all fell to the ground. And I don't remember anyone telling us to get down either. Like the music stopped. But it was like one, two, three cracks. The music stopped crowd just went in fear like panic and instead of everyone running everyone just dropped like everyone just got down and like myself and josh like we've never about you know a shooter or what we would have to do or what was even happening and josh happened to be like i was with the rush of the crowd he happened to move I don't think he was that far away from me, but when we were lit on the ground, like I was on top of someone, someone was on top of me, it felt like he was really, really far away. And I I remember like screaming out to him. I don't know how long we stayed lit on the ground. It was likely just seconds, but it felt like forever. And then everyone just got up and just started to run. 
And then we heard the cracks again, the pop, 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 pop. Well, I can't even do it. Like if you just Google like machine gun, like this fast noise. And we all had to drop again. And then when it would stop, we would just get off and we would run again. So we were, it, it just kind of so you can tell like how far we were in the field. Like we, we, we dropped at least twice and had to run between the noise. And we ran towards the back of the field where there was bleachers. They had some seating set up for just for people to sit and watch and listen to the music, obviously. I've, obviously, like, we had no recollection of, like, where emergency exits were or, like, where we were supposed to run. We just, like, you know, we were facing the stage. We just took off in a direction that a lot of people were going. And I remember running towards the bleachers. And Josh grabbed me and pulled me underneath the bleachers to hide. And we weren't the only ones under there. There was a lot of people under there, but everybody was quiet. No one talked. No one was screaming. Everyone was quiet because we thought that whoever was shooting, at this point we realized it was someone shooting with the sand. It was just like, holy fuck, it's gone. We didn't know that the shooter was up in, like, you know, a 60th floor of a building. We could still see in the distance of the field, people were still running and people were still moving. And we were hiding under the bleachers, thinking that there was a shooter or multiple shooters in the field. And we just hid so they wouldn't find us. Here come the tears. I don't remember. (laughs) Sorry. We stayed and hid under those bleachers. Again, I don't know how long, but it was probably for a good 10-15 minutes. It felt like eternity. We, I texted mom while I was under there and just told her we were okay. Because I was afraid she was going to get up and see something. So after I texted mom and just told her that we were okay, we turned off our phones because we just started, like, our heads just started going in a downward spiral. We were like, you know, if our noise, if our phone rings, if it lights up, you know, we still thought the shooter was on the ground, he would find us. So we were just hiding, hiding there for a long time. There was a couple more rounds of shots while we were there. And after 10 or 15 minutes, it was it was just quiet. So after, we didn't know. We didn't know what was happening. But after we realized that at this point, the shooter probably had himself shot at this point. But we didn't know. So it was quiet. And after being there for 10 or 15 minutes, Josh took me and we ran. We still didn't know like what, what we were running from who were running from how many people we had no idea and we ran we ran out of the field the people were so frantic there were people being dragged into trucks into pan the trucks like there was sirens we there was just people hurt and we ran to a nearby hotel i don't know which hotel it was it was between the field and the mgm it wasn't Madeleine Bay, so Madeleine Bay was across the road. So we ran to a hotel. We managed to get into the hotel lobby. It was packed with frantic people, packed. And we all just, like, just sat on the floor and no one spoke. In the hotel lobby, people, workers were coming around trying to give everyone water. No one talked. Everyone was just crying and panicking and just, just, like, super alert. 
when we were in the lobby, something happened outside. I don't know if someone thought they seen something or if something like a bang or if someone heard something. And all of a sudden, everyone started to run again in the lobby of the hotel to get out. So I don't like I thought someone was coming in the hotel and like it, whatever was happening was moving inside. Thankfully, it wasn't, but we didn't know. So we just we just started to run. We ended up in the back, like, galley kitchen of this hotel. Josh and a couple other men started pushing, like, trolleys and, like, food carts and, like, furniture and all these things in front of the door to, like, barricade us in to, like, lock us in this room. And we stayed there, quiet and hiding again. And I wish at this point someone would have told us that, like, this fucker had himself killed because... We didn't know. So we stayed there for a long time and just stayed there and just waited. And I don't even know what happened after that. Eventually, I think someone came and found us and brought us over to one of the big conference rooms, one of the hotels. I think it was the same hotel we were in, but I remember walking outside. I don't know at this point. All you could hear was just helicopters, choppers, and sirens. Anyway police found us and brought us to like a safe big conference hall it was massive and i'm not i mean massive i mean if you've ever been to like a conference or convention it was huge there was no windows hotel people were going around like giving us towels to cover up in because we were cold there were i guess police officers or whatever they are dressed like i've never seen them before with like face masks and machine guns and just walking around kind of on guard obviously to make sure no one was coming in but they were probably still on guard trying to figure out who was in this fucking room too because like we were all just just thrown in here and we had to stay in that conference room for four hours and all I can remember was being cold and there was no windows and it was really really dim lit and all you could hear was the choppers, was the helicopters. And that noise still kind of like freaks me out a little bit. I have to make sure I see the helicopter. But I just remember it's all you could hear. No one was talking. Eventually, we felt comfortable enough to like make, like some people were on their phones and stuff. But we were still like, let's just not. And after four hours in that conference convention room, not having any idea what was happening we were told that we were safe i guess i can't remember what they said to us and that we could go and that walk from that hotel i'll have to look it up and figure out which hotel it is that walk back to our room at the mgm was so surreal i don't think me and josh talked for until we got home honestly we we got back to our hotel room And immediately, obviously, called our parents. Because I'm sure if you had to talk to mom, she would give you a completely different, so sad story and version herself. Because when I sent her that text, first under the bleachers, which was probably like, I don't know, 1 a.m. or 3 a.m. Newfoundland time, it woke her up. And she googled, opened up her phone, and seen that there was a shooting and then she probably didn't hear from me till like five or six hours later so she probably has her own 
very emotional version of his story to tell you herself. So we get back to the MGM. We immediately changed our flights to get the hell out of there. And then we were very nervous about getting on a plane, about leaving the hotel. Like we felt safe there, but we were we wanted to get home as quick as we could, but we were like really scared because, you know, like nine eleven, all these things were just like, oh my god, like we're in a fucking state. You know, some kind of like terrorist type thing, like, you know, airports were on like high alert. And just everyone was just being super cautious. It's, you know, there wasn't like an, another activity or another, you know, situation going to happen. So it was craziness. The airport was craziness during the concert. And one of the people we were trying to connect with, she was on the opposite side of the field. A bunch of people knocked down a gate and they ran to the airport strip and they ended up at the airport. So it was just madness. A lot of people were trying to get the hell, trying to get the wet, like home. I remember flying home. I think we were flying with WestJet and we had a stopover in Toronto. And the flight attendant told us before landing that they understood that some of the people on the flight were probably at the concert last night. And so did the reporters and the local news and that the Toronto airport was full of reporters and news anchors waiting for us to come through customs so they could interview us. I gave the WestJet, one of the WestJet's employees, a hug after because they took us the back way. They took us through a secret way so we wouldn't have to go out and face all those news people. They took us the employee way. (laughs) They gave us extra special attention and care and took us through a back way so we wouldn't have to go out where the reporters and the news acres were to try and record us and ask us what had happened when we just wanted to get the hell home. (laughs) This is the longest time it ever takes me to talk about it. Usually it all comes out in like one minute and 30 seconds. So we finally get home. You can imagine what the drive was like home. We had our truck at the airport, and I could not wait to get in through the door to bath it to my mouth. And the first week, two, maybe three weeks, we were pretty quiet. (laughs) We were, I think, in denial. Like, what the fuck just happened to us? Why did we just, you know, escape? Why did we just, you know, survive? I had a lot of guilt at first that once I realized what was happening and that, you know, it was just one person, one person could do that much damage. I had a little bit of guilt that I did go out into the field and help anyone that might have been hurt. And I'm still emotional about that. But yeah, (laughs) that's the not-so-cold note. Of us escaping and surviving the Vegas shooting in 2017. So this will be our six-year anniversary. I officially went to my first outdoor country concert this year. No, it wasn't a country concert. I went to my first official outdoor concert. It was the Lumineers after six years, and it felt amazing to go. We are actually going back to Vegas this February. And I don't know if I don't I don't know if going back will bring back memories. Like I I don't know. I think we've traveled a lot since. 
so I don't think I'll remember. I don't know. Maybe I will when I visit, like, the site. Memory may come back, but I don't think I have a fear about going back. I think wherever we travel now, we get on, you know, we go to, you know, a fancy, nice hotel that has, like, 100 floors. When we get on an elevator, we are just, like, analyzing people. And, like, the security has not changed. Do you know what I mean? In hotel lobbies, like, you just you just need to be a guest. Like, there's no... There's no metal detectors or anything of such in any hotel, so that that hasn't changed. So I don't think Vegas will will affect me any different than, you know, traveling to Texas when we traveled a couple weeks ago. One part I think that is really important, and I think a nice way to end off our story, and a little, you know, we're super thankful and grateful is we flew back on a Monday. The concert, it happened Sunday night, and we flew back that Monday. We cut our trip short, flew back. We managed to get on a flight. And that Wednesday, I found out I was pregnant. Funny enough, we always said we were one and done. (laughs) We were not one and done, apparently. But when I was in Vegas, I didn't, you know, I didn't really realize or think that I was late we weren't really preventing but we weren't really trying either and we flew back on Monday and on Wednesday I took a pregnancy test and we're pregnant and we have said to ourselves multiple times and to a couple close friends and family members that Scarlett was probably put here I'm not like this, you know, crazy universe god type person at all, spiritual person, but she was put here to help us maneuver and get through what we just had to go through. I think it was a really good, I'll say distraction, for lack of better word, for us to not go down a deep downward spiral, trying to like maneuver and get through all the emotions that we had to go through after that event and after that night and I think it truly helped both of us get through it and become closer and help us move on honestly so yeah I think that clears up this and as you're listening is not something really to be hopeful and grateful and you know usually thankful posts and messages are really inspiring and happy and feel good but this one's pretty deep but I think it gives a whole new perspective and meaning behind what it is to be thankful thanks for listening guys chat soon that wraps up another inspiring episode of beyond the bombshell I hope our time together has ignited a fire within you to embrace your authentic self and show up fearlessly If you enjoyed today's episode and want to continue this empowering conversation, make sure you subscribe to Beyond the Bombshell on your favorite podcast platform and join our community of fierce women who are rewriting the rules and embracing their unique journeys. Connect with me on social media at Bombshell Babes Club, where we can continue to uplift and support each other to share Beyond the Bombshell moments and let's inspire others to embrace their true selves. Remember, you are more than what meets the eye. You are a force to be reckoned with. Keep shining, keep growing, and keep embracing the extraordinary woman that you are. Until next time, stay real and keep going beyond the bombshell.